Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. One of the weird things about life is that memories, even memories from like a only a short time ago, are not particularly reliable. Sometimes the way you remember things, not exactly the way that it necessarily once was or actually was in reality. I'll give you an example of that. One of the best memories for me in my entire sporting life, I spent my entire lifetime as a sports fan, obviously a huge UGA fan. We talk about that all the time. And I don't know that I've ever had a more enjoyable experience than being in South Bend in 2017 to see all those Georgia fans, 40, 50,000, whatever it was, completely take over that stadium, take over the third largest metropolitan area in the country, Chicago, in the days leading up to the game. And, you know, culminating in that win in this hallowed venue that I've been watching on TV my entire life, I can tell you, and many of you were there with me or you were there as a part of it, it doesn't get any better than that, right? It's incredibly enjoyable. And there are so many things that can kind of stick in your mind about that game, whether it's the unbelievable catch by Terry Godwin, which was obviously one of the best in UGA history. For some reason, I'm always thinking about like Davin Bellamy and Lorenzo Carter, what they did that day getting after Brandon Wimbush, the Notre Dame quarterback. And those are like the indelible images from the game. But for whatever reason, the thing that I actually almost personally about the game remember more than the Carter Bellamy stuff against Wimbush or or the, the Terry Godwin touchdown catch I just remember being in awe of Roquan Smith that day. And it is really weird to think about this now in that obviously Roquan would go on to be the Buckus Award winner, like a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. And literally, without any kind of hesitation, you can say that he's one of the greatest Georgia Bulldogs of all time. I mean, certainly on a single season basis, the list of guys who've performed better than Roquan is not very big. He went on the course of one year into the, like the highest rafters of the of the Georgia History Museum, uh, Roquan Smith put himself all over that with the basis of the way that he played in 2017. And that game against Notre Dame was the day that I realized that, man, this is a really pretty special football player. And it, it seems like looking back on how good Roquan became, that you would always be thinking that about Roquan. The truth is, if you want to go back to the year prior in Kirby Smart's first year in 2016, and listen, this is not anything to shake a stick at. Roquan was good, but it's not like everybody in America knew who Roquan Smith was. I think he had about 95 tackles. I think he was a like a second or third team All-SEC guy. Honestly, my memory somewhat fails on that. Maybe that's not true, but it's kind of my memory of it. I'm pretty sure he had 95 tackles. The point is, that's a good player and you know, kind of not necessarily to that level of great. And I remember thinking at the Notre Dame game, Wow, you know, this guy, I mean, he's just levitating from one side of the field to the other. I mentioned Wimbush, the Notre Dame quarterback, a moment ago. You know, that's a guy that you had to be careful of with his legs. And it just seems like Roquan Smith was wherever he was all night long. And, and you know, I mentioned on the top of the show that sometimes it seems like memories, you know, kind of fail you a little bit. When I, I go back and, and look at Roquan based on the way that I remember him playing that day, the way that he was flying all over the field. I almost would assume he'd have like 100 tackles or something, right? It's like it's like I almost assume that the stat sheet would absolutely reflect everything about what I remember Roquan doing. And the truth is he had good numbers. He had a tackle for loss. He had a sack. I think he had seven total tackles. But it's almost like I expected the stat sheet to be even bigger for Roquan. 
because of the way that my mind remembers him looking there on on that field. But clearly for me, that was such a huge coming out party for him and obviously what he would do over the course of the next few weeks, I think validated it even more. As a way of just kind of putting a punctuation mark on this, let's go back and hear Roquan Smith talking about himself, his defense, his performance in that game against Notre Dame and the feeling of pulling out that win in South Bend. Remember, that's a close game down to the wire. Every defensive play mattered. Roquan made plenty. This is what he said back in September of 2017. Uh, we we play lights out, man. So we just we do what we have to do. Play within the system, and it's what, what what we do at Georgia. So I'm just so proud of those guys, man. And it's an awesome, awesome feeling. A big win. It's early in the season. It's game two. It's a great, awesome win. We're gonna enjoy. It's an awesome feeling, you know, being able to beat uh, Notre Dame here and they're an awesome team. So it feels amazing. There's always a lot of background noise for those kind of interview situations like that. That's back, way back in the ancient times when interviews took place in public, so there's a little bit of background noise, but hopefully you could hear that okay. The phrase that Roquan uses a lot, or I should say that he uses there that I love a lot, is the idea that it was a, quote, lights-out performance in the Georgia defense. And I would say that Roquan himself led the way, uh, along with Davin Bellamy and Lorenzo Carter, for you know, really producing, uh, once again, great phrase there, lights out performance for the Georgia defense. So let's think about now for a moment. If in the second game of the 2017 season, we suddenly found out that, oh my gosh, Roquan Smith, this is more than just a good player, solid contributor on a decent defense. This is one of the best players in the country, regardless of position. He's going to win a national award. He's going to be a top 10 pick, and he's going to almost single-handedly propel the Georgia defense to greatness there that season. Hopefully the parallel here you're starting to notice that much the same way that Georgia fans didn't have to wait very long back in 2017 to find out who one of their true star players is going to be for that 2017 season, Roquan introduced himself very quickly. I mean, the same thing could be true for Georgia against Clemson next Saturday. And we've talked about this so much, and some of you are right there with me on this. Some of you say, B.A., you've talked about this too much. But this is one of those things where I truly believe that that leaders really are repeaters, and we're going to repeat it over and over, that college football has become a stars game. And Roquan Smith was a superstar for Georgia in 2017. Easy to spot. You could bring your Aunt Gertrude, who's never watched a college football game, sit her next to you. She's going to see this guy flying all over the field more so than anybody else. It was obvious that he was uh, either among the very best players in the field or the best player on any field that he stepped on there in 2017. And it's obvious for Georgia right now as we head towards the 2021 season that there are a number of guys who have that same level of potential this year to introduce themselves to the country on September 4th against Clemson as more than just good players because in 2016, that's all you would have thought Roquan Smith was. In 2016, there's nothing wrong with being a good player. That's not an insult. But in 2016, you thought Roquan Smith was a good player. Very early in 2017 on a big national TV game that was on NBC that night, all of a sudden Roquan Smith says, no, I'm not a good player anymore. I'm a great player. Hi, my name is Roquan Smith. I'm on my way to the NFL. And that's what it's going to take to be Clemson. And you all all know that. And one of the things that may feel a Georgia fan with some angst is, well, 
Georgia fans don't know who those guys necessarily are. But if you're watching on video right now, you know you see Nicope Dean on your screen. That's one. He's gotten a preseason All-SEC nod. Uh, you see Jordan Davis on your screen a moment ago. That's another. That's a guy who could go from being, and I would say in the case of Jordan Davis in previous years, he's been more than just good, but maybe the country doesn't know about him yet. But they may all know about him by the time this year's done. Trayvon Walker is a guy like that who could be on defense. Your Roquan Smith doesn't have to be on defense. It'd be nice if it was, obviously, but it doesn't have to be on defense. It could be Jermaine Burton. Y'all, I mean, don't forget for a moment that the coaches around the SEC, even though Jermaine Burton was just a freshman a year ago, and even though his moments of brilliance kind of came in, you know, sporadic bursts, not necessarily consistently over the course of the full season, they still gave him the third-team All-SEC nod. There's a chance that the Roquan Smith-like emergence for UGA happens for a guy playing on offense. It could be a burden. Uh, it, it could be one of your running backs who right now you think of as an ensemble player, but maybe steps out from that group to become a little bit more of a of a star-type performer, the kind of person that kids all across the SEC footprint know all about. It, it's both you know, the, the important factor for winning the game. You have to have these guys emerge versus Clemson. But it's one of the things that makes the Clemson game on September the 4th so much fun is that by the time we all get back here on, the, I think it's the 7th is a Monday. Ironically, it's also my wife's birthday. But by the time we get back there on that, on that Monday, maybe we're talking about an offseason of saying, boy, we wondered who the star players for George were going to be. But lo and behold, look what happened Saturday night there against uh, Clemson in Charlotte. Look at this guy who put this team on his back for a quarter or a half or a full game. Look at this guy who's now nationally known and being talked about on ESPN and every other place the college football fans kind of congregate because what he did on the big stage against Clemson with Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet and Holly Rowe and the biggest TV you know team in the, uh, in the country calling all this stuff. Look who became a star for Georgia or look at the handful of guys who became a star for Georgia. That's what it can be next Saturday against Clemson. Now let me give you one more thing on this. I saw where uh, our friends over at Pro Football Focus, they have some like bold predictions, and if they're going to be bold predictions, they got to be bold. They can't just be within the you know, the you know, like typical parameters of what could be normally expected to happen. One of their writers says that he thinks that Clemson is going uh, to beat Georgia by double digits in week one. The writer says Georgia's got a talented team, deserves its top five ranking, but Clemson is just set up far better for early success. The, men, the mention here is the injuries to Darnell Washington, Tyke Smith, uh, JT Daniels set to take over a full year after closing the four games last year as the starting quarterback. Um, he says the 2018 five-star was exceptional his debut against Mississippi State, but recorded a sub-50 passing grade and four turnover-worthy plays against Cincinnati. Uh, Brent Venables, the Clemson defensive coordinator, and the rest of that defense going to be a test for Daniels. It'll be our first indication of whether the quarterback has taken a step forward. The Tigers are a three-and-a-half-point favorite of the Bulldogs in the Week 1 showdown, but this pro football focus guy says they win by 10 or more points. And the phrase there that sticks out to me is the one there at the end. This is going to be our first indication of whether or not JT Daniels is taking a step forward. And obviously, that's true. This is the first chance for Daniels to show how much better he is in 2021. But here's the thing that you also got to consider if you're a Clemson fan that happens to be peering in today and watching our conversation or listening to it via podcast. It's not just Daniels who has a chance to take a step forward. It is Jermaine Burton, or it is Kendall Milton, or it is Zamir White. It is, you know, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. It is on defense. Former five stars like Nolan Smith or Trayvon Walker, Adam Anderson, or Nicobe Dean. You could really list them going on and on and on and on. 
And the odds are not every one of those players is going to have the kind of season that those of us who dress in red and black frequently, not every one of those players is going to have the kind of season we all want them to. That's just the nature of football. It's just a really hard sport at the very, very highest level. But man, when you think about that long list of potential When you think about all the guys that could, as Pro Football Focus says, take the step forward. Suddenly the team that, whether it be PFF or ESPN or whatever other acronym you want to think of here, suddenly the team that a lot of the media thinks is coming to Charlotte to play Clemson, all of a sudden that team actually shows you, no, this is more than just potential now. This former five-star outside linebacker, he's all grown up. Uh, this interior defensive lineman who's a good space eater, all of a sudden he's a playmaker in the backfield too. This running back that you think is kind of by committee, all of a sudden now there are well-known names that fit into the same sentence with guys like DeAndre Swift or Nick Chubb or Sonny Michelle. That's what next Saturday can be about. Now, maybe this PFF dude ends up being right, and maybe none of these stars emerge, and it's just another disappointing day for Georgia like some of these big games have been in recent years. Certainly there's a possibility that ends up being true. I think there are a lot of Georgia fans who get close to the game starting to show a little bit of optimism, starting to show a little bit of excitement that even with the injuries and even with no George Pickens and some of the stuff that's gone on over the course of the last few weeks, the list of guys who can break out, the list of guys, to use the phrase that Roquan Smith used back in 27, the list of guys that can play lights out for Georgia next Saturday against Clemson is actually pretty long. And tuning in to see which of those guys truly emerge, which of those guys become stars before our very eyes and maybe lead Georgia to the victory, Boy, that sounds like really good entertainment just two Saturdays from now. My name is Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Meriwether and Tharp, and glad to have you with us. However you get to us, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. I tell you, the platforms on video that are just growing in popularity so much, and it's so much fun to see this because, like, technologically, it's the most amazing thing to me. The fact that so many people are now watching right there in the Dog Nation app, what an incredible thing that is watching right there on dognation.com, which is a really cool thing. I just think this is going to be, as we move through the season, I think people actually watching it on dognation.com in the Dog Nation app is going to end up being a very, very popular outlet for reasons that we'll be talking about more in the days to come. In fact, tomorrow on the show, right around this time, I actually have a really fun announcement, something we haven't done before. We're going to do it, and I know some of you are going to say, oh, B.A., you're not going to be able to pull this off, but... I think we're going to do this. I think it's going to be great, and I'll tell you about it tomorrow. Also, podcast, of course, all those podcast platforms. Uh, right there at the worldfamousdognation.com, we post the show every day. Our friends in Athens on the radio, on Athens Sports Radio 960, the ref, we love hearing from them each and every day. So much uh, good stuff and so many great ways for us to connect with you, and we're glad that you're able to connect with us however you get to us. And, of course, it would not be possible without our friends at Meriwether and Tharp. Uh, you know I love Meriwether and Tharp, and... I'm actually excited that uh, Bobby and his family are going to be with us for Dog Nation Invasion. That's that's one of the things I love about Meriwether and Tharp. They love having a good time. Uh, Bob, Ashley, his whole family, they're big-time dog fans. Love hanging out with them. Can't wait to do that in Charlotte next weekend. And, of course, you know, sometimes they also have to roll up their sleeves, get serious, get busy there as well when it comes to the real work that they have to do. And, listen, they provide a great service for so many people in our audience there as well because – while it's not always pleasant to think about, it is always ever-present in terms of a reality for many, the divorce process, right? It can be scary and confusing. You may find yourself going through it right now. You may have been through it and kind of you know think back on you know what a, t- what a time that was, or you may be considering the possibility that it's on the horizon for you. If that's the case, then obviously my sympathy goes out to you. Truly, and I say this sincerely, my prayers are for you on that because 
I, I know it's not the, the the event that you planned four years ago, but it's the event that you're dealing with right now, and it's time to have a plan for it right now. And that's why you want to have a strong advocate on your side. My friends at Meriwether and Tharp, I love telling their story because here's what I know they do for people. They help make you whole again. They help make the next season of your life more enjoyable than the one that you might be in right now, and that matters. You know, Taking advantage of all that life has to offer and setting yourself up for happiness in those seasons of life, that's so, so important. That's what Meriwether and Tharp can do for you. Uh, free resources online, theatlantadivorceteam.com. Theatlantadivorceteam.com is the website. Free initial consultation. But after that, it's time to put them to work and say, hey, you know, I got a relationship with my children. I got finances. I got all kinds of things I got to think about. How does the law work for me? And how can I use that to my advantage and understand all of the intricacies of that law? That's what Meriwether and Tharp will do for you. They are your source for Georgia divorce. You can find them online, theatlantadivorceteam.com. Once again, theatlantadivorceteam.com. It is a Thursday for us and on Thursdays for quite a long time now. That has been a chance to talk to the former George wide receiver, Terrence Edwards. Looking forward to doing that here in a couple of moments. We'll talk to Terrence about everything that's kind of kind of be expected to unfold next Saturday against Clemson. Of course, I'm sure one of the things that also come up there was that Terrence was a part of a Georgia team that also beat Clemson to open the season in 2002, and that's obviously still a memory that he very much enjoys, and all that starts to seem really relevant here as we head towards the the upcoming season there too. So good stuff with Terrence Edwards here in just a moment. Before that, though, let's go around the doghouse, and it's presented today by our friends at ServPro. And if you don't mind, I want to go away from the on-field football product for a moment, and I want to talk about something that I think that matters that some Georgia fans might not give attention to. And I'm actually going to do something I almost never do, which is give uh, at least a semi-free plug for a potential advertiser here. So uh, Georgia Athletic Director Josh Brooks said something yesterday on Twitter that got my attention. I thought this was uh, really cool. So Brooks talking about an in-stadium enhancement that the dogs are looking to employ for the upcoming season. Of course, Georgia will have its home opener week two against Bill Clark's UAB Blazers after the game against Clemson. But here's Josh Brooks on Twitter. I want to show this to you talking about the uh, the situation at Sanford Stadium. He says, you've told us that you didn't like our ice at Sanford Stadium. He says, we've partnered with Athens' own Zaxby's. That's the free plug. Of course, some of you know who Zach, most of you know what Zaxby's is. For the best ice in the country. Now, the concession stands at all of our athletics venues will serve Coca-Cola products with Zaxby's ice. Go dogs, so cool. Details matter. Now, this is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. First of all, the, the ice at Sanford Stadium has always been kind of a controversial topic. You see people talk about this on message boards sometimes, but like I can remember back in the 80s, my grandmother, I used to go to the games with my grandparents, my grandfather, my grandmother, and back then, she didn't like the ice. I'm talking about way back in like the 1980s. Something was suspicious to her about this ice. And I just remember talking about this like in 1986. I mean, this has been an issue at Georgia seemingly for quite a long time. And the fact that Josh Brooks says, hey, we've heard you on this. And we're going to bring in, you know, well-known uh, fast food restaurant. We're going to employ their ice. We're going to use that around here. That is just kind of a cool touch, right? And I think it's fairly well embodying some of what Brooks has kind of brought to Georgia whereas like the one thing you can't deny that if you're trying to be a good AD obviously fundraising is a big part of that and paying very close attention to your rich donors the people who have the most money that's the most efficient way to raise a lot of money for a program being very well aware of what the rich folks want and meeting all their needs it's just easier to get one person to give a hundred thousand dollars than it is to get 10 people to give ten thousand dollars that's just the way life works fair or not that's just kind of the truth on that However, what Josh Brooks seems to be about as a you know figure here in Georgia is while there may be certain levers we have to pull to make rich people happy so that we get the money flowing for weight rooms and things like that, 
That doesn't mean that we can't do simple touches that are going to benefit the average fan who doesn't have $100,000 to give to the program but wants to support Georgia the way that he can or she can by coming to some of these games. Let's do some things for them there as well. And it kind of reminds me of an interview that Brooks gave to an outlet called Front Office Sports a couple of years ago. This is back before he was Georgia Athletic Director. Back then he was just kind of stadium operations type guy. But if you ever go around the concourse at Sanford Stadium, you see like the Run Herschel, like the Run Lindsey Run or the OU Herschel Walker or a lot of the kind of more retro-looking signs and, and, and pictures, murals that have been put up around the stadium that kind of harken back to the great moments in Georgia football history. That, that's one of those things that Brooks kind of undertook back then as a way of just making the stadium look better. And, you know, the ice thing is just a way for, like, the person who goes up and buys themselves a soft drink. You just want it to taste good, right? You want it to, you know, look good in your cup that you're holding on to. And there's not a lot of money to be made by that. It's just kind of a nice thing to do for your average fan. It's, a, it's kind of a, a little thing for the common fan. And stuff like that ought to matter around Georgia. For Brooks, it seems it does. In fact, let me let you have a clip here just briefly from that interview that Brooks did with Front Office Sports. From This is, like, way back in 2018. He's not athletic director at the time. But it gives you an idea for the mindset that I think that he brings to him as UGA AD. And this is one of the things, I mean, right now, not a lot of Georgia fans probably even know who Josh Brooks is. He's only been on the job for a little bit. But I think eventually he's going to grow to be popular because of attitudes like this. This is the kind of thing that Georgia fans ought to celebrate when they hear it. Here's Josh Brooks. And obviously this is not something you're going to get a direct return on investment, but that's not the reason behind this. You're not going to get someone that's going to, you know, spend more money to the session or whatever. But it, it's a feel-good. And, you know, the bottom line is when you have a venue that seats 92,000, it's not always easy to get them in and out. It's going to be tough to park. Traffic's going to be tough. Uh, sometimes concession lines are going to be long. Restroom lines are going. So anything we can do from this end to make their experience a little better is important. So, again, there may not be a direct return on investment on these things, but sometimes you have to look past the direct ROI on something and believe that you're making the experience better. I know it's weird to have the music in the background. I honestly don't know why they put music underneath the interview. But nonetheless... That attitude from Brooks that he talked about in 2018 in that particular moment, that's a reference to just making the concourses look better. Now, some of you say certain parts of them could be wider, but it is an old stadium. It's like It's been around since 1929. People are just bigger now than they used to be. But the point is, uh, when Brooks says, hey, not everything we do is going to be about ROI. Not everything we do is going to be about maximizing profits. Some of the things we do are just going to be about making the fan experience better. i got to tell you, I think that's a pretty good attitude, and Georgia fans ought to notice it. they got to celebrate it because think about brands that you really like, whether it be restaurants or amusement parks or you know some of the things that you maybe resonate with. The thing that sometimes makes you feel connected to those things are the ways in which they seem to be trying to create a little magic here and there and not make everything be about every extent possible to maximize profits because when it's all about profits when it's all about making money and cutting quarters and reducing expenses and things like that you have a way of noticing right as human beings we just kind of notice that thing but when it's the opposite when it's just a little bit better ice or a little bit nicer looking concourses or a little bit more comfortable seating or whatever it ends up being for the average fan cleaner bathrooms in some cases whatever it ends up being it may not make georgia more money but it makes georgia fans happier and the fact that the georgia athletic director right now seems someone interested in wanting to do that I think that's the kind of thing that Georgia fans ought to notice and they ought to celebrate. That is Around the Doghouse. It's presented today by our friends at Serve Pro. Of course, Georgia calls Sanford Stadium home, but you have your own home to think about and worry about. And one of the things at some point in time that you may have to deal with is some sort of damage. And frequently this kind of damage is caused by like fire or water intrusion. I mean, that's a kind of a scary thing to think about, but the fact is it could happen to you there as well. Well, here's the good news. 
whatever seems scary about this, if you're watching on video, you see some cool stuff there, all the great equipment from our friends at Surf Pro. Whatever seems scary about this actually doesn't have to be quite as scary as it might seem when it comes to all of this because actually the restoration experts at Surf Pro can get all of this back for you literally like it never even happened. That's the thing that Serve Pro is good at. They are good at restoring your home, making the damage literally go away. It's almost like a magic trick. They make it go away. They make your home look as if the damage never even happened. I, I love Serve Pro for that. Of course, all of their franchises are independently owned and operated there as well. That means you're doing business with folks who uh, understand you know, the family-owned business, the service part of all this there as well, and they're just really, really adept. You know, restoration experts, repairing that damage, fire, water, all the things that might come with that. So go to the website, servepro.com. That's spelled, if you're listening, radio podcast, S-E-R-V, servepro.com. Check them out and find out what they can do for you today if you need uh, restoration for fire damage or water damage, anything like that. ServePro can take good care of you. All right, it's great to have you with us here today on Dog Nation Daily. We got a lot to do before we're done. Uh, there was kind of a scary moment involving a, a Georgia player yesterday, uh, or at least this week, I should say. It seems like everything is fine, but boy, uh, yeah, we're certainly glad of that. We'll have to tell you about that story before we're done. But for now, we got a lot to do. Georgia Clemson coming up next Saturday. Uh, a lot to think about about how the dogs get that win. So let's talk to our buddy Terrence Edwards, the great former Georgia wide receiver, and we'll see if we can figure it out here over the course of the next few minutes. Good to have you with us on the program today there as well. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. All right, really good stuff with uh, Terrence Edwards. Always happy to have the former Georgia wide receiver on board for what we're doing here. And what we're doing right now is thinking about that upcoming season opener there against Clemson. Terrence, I, I talked about this a couple minutes ago before you joined us, and I know you and I have talked about this before too. It's like, you know, you and, and the guys who were seniors with you were on that team there in 2002 – Y'all have a special perspective about this game next Saturday because you know what it feels like to open the season against Clemson. You know what it feels like to get a win against Clemson. You know, for those of us who grew up in Georgia, we know that, I mean, listen, uh, Clemson's closer to UGA than almost any other SEC school is. I think Auburn's kind of right there in the same vicinity in terms of, you know, the number of minutes it takes to get there. But Clemson is literally right in UGA's backyard. Uh, these two teams ought to be playing more in future years they're going to be. But if anybody understands why Clemson's a big game and why it feels good to beat the Tigers, someone like you who had that experience in 2002 certainly feels that way, right? Oh, most definitely. Uh, we, we knew that it was a, a big game. We knew that uh, Clemson's right up the street, um, and it, it's kind of a back bragging right, even though we don't play them annually. Uh, but it was a, a good start of the season. I think these guys here, uh, with the advent of social media, knows a lot of these guys. There's a lot of Georgia Georgia residents on this team. So it's a bragging lot, and it's a big game for what Clemson has done the last few years. And I think one of the themes of our show here the last couple of days, too, Terrence, has been, you know, listen, I think people have put, whether it be the Darnell Washington injury, the Tyke Smith injury, I think most Georgia fans, at least for now, have kind of put that behind them. And I think Georgia fans now are kind of looking to see, okay, well, what is available for the game against Clemson and what's the recipe that can potentially lead to a victory there? And obviously a receiver that you know very well, Jermaine Burton, I think factors into that pretty heavily. I think it's kind of cool that Burton, after you know only being a freshman a year ago, and he has the huge game against Mississippi State and kind of showed up big in a few other moments of the season there as well, but a guy that – you know, was inexperienced, you know, coming into last season, still got the nod from the coaches, got a third team all SEC uh, pick that, that came out this week. And 
boy, if you're thinking about those guys that could really break out against Clemson, who could really burst onto the scene on a big national TV stage on that Saturday night, a guy like Burton, who got the All-SEC nod a little earlier this week, I mean, yeah, you, you kind of have to start with a guy like that of really having the potential to do that, right? Oh, most definitely. I think he's the guy that that going to display a, a a big ability to make plays on all three levels. That's the screen game, the intermediate passes, or deep pass. I think he's going to be able to affect uh, the passing game that way. But I'm really looking for a guy like Arian Smith, I mean, to be utilized a lot this game. I just think his speed is going to be a factor in this game down the field. If we really want to utilize and, and help the pass the game without Darnell Washington being in effect, we have to have a guy like Arian, Arian Smith affecting the deep safeties and those talented freshmen like Brock Byers really working underneath. So I really look for a guy like Arian Smith to uh, really affect this game, not just catching passes, just being able to affect coverage. With his feet. Yeah, I think that I love the way you said that he affect the coverage because I mean I'm not an X's and O's expert and I'm certainly not a former player and current coach the way that you are, but like the one thing that I think of if I'm like a Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint or if I'm a Justin Robinson or someone like that, I like the idea of playing off of uh, you know, uh, Arian Smith. Sometimes in basketball we think of the idea of a two man game, you know, pick and roll thing like that things like that. I like the idea of kind of running underneath an Arian Smith, right? You know, using my strength, my size, or my just route running ability to to take advantage of a defense that's possibly softened up because, you know, Arian is such a speedster, such a, a guy that blows the top off a of defense. So, I mean, I, I like the idea of Arian catching one streaking down the sideline or something like that. But if I'm a receiver, I also like the idea of playing off of him a little bit too, don't I? Oh, most definitely. I mean, he's like that guy that, like, I mean, the old adage is, He's going to take the top off the coverage. If you don't put a guy underneath and over the top, he's going to run by anybody. I don't care who it is right now. So all the other receivers have the underneath uh, abilities to make to make catches underneath and make plays with yards after catch. Brock Bowers, I think, is a guy that can really help us, especially when you, you have linebackers of safety covering this guy. We have all heard the buzz about him. So yeah. without Darnell Washington – not being there right now, I just think Eric Smith is a guy that could really affect the game without catching a pass. No, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, obviously, you know, some of the guys we talked about in that kind of tight end role are like the five-star athlete type variety, the kind of guys that may only see once in a generation. And to a degree, you know, you know, Bowers may not quite be in that category in some people's mind. But listen, we've heard when Todd Munkin spoke the other day, he spoke a lot about Bowers. And if you're thinking about, you know, really athletic, kind of like the flex-in style tight end – I mean, actually, maybe in a way, and you said this yourself, you know, the buzz about Bowers has grown throughout this offseason. You know, maybe in terms of that really athletic, flex-in style player, you know, maybe Bowers shouldn't take that much of a – he's obviously young and inexperienced. You can't discount that. But other than that, maybe he shouldn't take a backseat to some of the other guys that we've talked about potentially filling that role because most of the country would love to have an athlete of the caliber of Bowers doing some of the things that Georgia may have a chance to let him do coming up against Clemson, right? Oh, I think so. I think you have to unleash him. I mean, even with Darnell, if he was able to play, I think you still find ways to get that kid the ball. He, I think he's a, a dynamic uh, playmaker. He's a big receiver. He just happens to be in a 235 to 40-pound high much weight. He just happens to be in a, in a big body. Uh, but I loved him. I, I went down to watch. He catched the ball naturally. I love everything about him. So he's going to be a guy that we have to count on in this Clemson game to beat them. I mean, 
You just look at now, the focus is going to be him at the tight end position. Um, now he has to come up big. This is why he came to Georgia to play in these type games. I want to ask you about the Georgia running backs in a moment. Before that, let me remind folks that you're heading towards the weekend. You're thinking about pizza. Of course, someone like me thinks about pizza all the time. Well, listen, Marco's Pizza is the pizza you ought to be thinking about, whether it's the authentic crust, the three cheeses blend together on top of that crust, or the great savings. Right now, you can get a bundle of a large one-topping pizza, pizza bowl, cheesy bread. By the way, the pizza bowl is like the pizza flavor without the crust. You get that along with the cheesy bread, all just $21.99. That's incredible savings. Check it out on the Marco's app or online at marcos.com. Marco's Pizza lovers get it. Of course, some uh, participation may vary, so check out the uh, the additional restrictions that may apply and all that in store for details when it comes to Marco's Pizza on all of that, Marco's app or marcos.com to take advantage of that great savings. So, Terrence, here's the thing that I've said uh, a, few, a few times, and we talked about this a lot on the show yesterday, that I'm excited about the young receivers or maybe receivers in a, in a bigger role this year when we get a chance to see. But also against Clemson, man, you know, you got to – Pull out every stop, right? you got to do everything you can to win that game. And for me, that means seeing more of what we saw on G-Day, which is JT Daniels throwing to running backs. Daniels talked about there that, that day, uh, the Georgia running back position, maybe the deepest position group on this team right now. And seeing those guys be more than just guys who tote the rock, but seeing them be weapons in the passing game, that's what Clemson did last year with Travis Etienne. That's what Alabama did a year ago with Najee Harris. And to me, it seems like a recipe for a Georgia victory against Clemson would potentially feature a lot of throws to you know guys like Zamir and Kendall and Kenny McIntosh and obviously James Cook, who's probably the most adept at that right now. What do you come down on seeing these running backs be weapons in the passing game? Oh, I, I love it. I, I think when you have a running back who's just not a, a guy who carries the ball in between the tackles, that you get him out in space. This game is about spacing right now. And the, most, and the best teams right now, you just think about the last few years, is uh, Alabama and Najee Harris, he just not only, you know, uh, ran the ball, he caught the ball in. With LSU, the uh, uh, was Clyde Allaire was another guy that was a threat out the backfield. Um, so it brings a, a different element to the game. Now you got linebackers trying to cover guys that are uh, used to catching balls down the field, not just screen passes. I would love to see Kenny McIntosh and, and James Cook uh, run a lot of wheel routes this game just to get those linebackers, linebackers out the box in space. I think that's really interesting to think of. Let me finish with this, just from my opinion on mine. You know, when you look at Clemson on the wide receiver side, I'm not quite sure how much you've even had a chance to break down that group as of yet, but I think it's fair to point out that, you know, T. Higgins isn't there anymore, right? I mean, you know, some of the big names that we've known as Clemson wide receivers, you know, they're either not there or, in the case of Justin Ross, coming back from injury. Now, listen, Terrence, Ross is a tremendous player, and I root for him to be healthy, and you know, I want to watch that young man play because he's fun to watch. I have to say, though, that just given the health challenges I think that he's been through, the idea that he's going to be 100% healthy and as much of a weapon against Georgia as we saw him be, like, say, as a freshman back in 2018, my, my, my assumption is that he's maybe not quite at that level for that season opener next Saturday. What do you think when you look on the other side there at Clemson in terms of what DJ Uyunglele is going to be throwing to? Let me start with this. How healthy do you think that someone like Ross can can expect to be for a game like this? And just you know, beyond that, what Clemson does when they throw to some of these targets? Well, let me say, Justin, if was healthy, Justin Ross, he would definitely be a first-round draft pick. That's how yeah. uh, ultra-talented he is, so I – uh, have connected a few times with him on Twitter, just wishing him the best because, uh, you know, it, I hate to see a kid uh, get hurt like that with the potential to go and 
and make a lot of money for his family. Uh, but they have a lot of guys on that roster. I mean, Clemson receivers, they go after a particular receiver. They have big receivers, 6'3", 6'4", range, because they like, they throw a lot of deep balls. They throw a lot of 50-50 balls where they're allowed those DBs to go up. They try to put you in a situation where you're man coverage with that running game now and put big receivers out on a boundary to go one to go uh one on one fifty fifty ball. That's basically their offense with a lot of RPOs. So they got a lot of talent. They're just gonna they're just young. They're not inexperienced and they're not guys that I can say right now are wide receiver one. Justin Ross is a wide receiver one. Um so now they're just looking for guys to step up and you know, Clemson have done a great job of replacing guys uh, when they leave, like T. Higgins. And uh, they got some guys. We just don't know them yet. And I'm interested to see who, who's going to be that guy if Justin Ross is not able to play. I tell you what, Terrence, always great to hear from you. Thank you so much for your insight on this game. And, uh, of course, you know a lot of your expertise has been earned by working hard with football players on the individual basis, obviously on Friday nights in the high school football there as well. You're just deeply involved in all of that. And I love letting folks know that because, listen, they're, they're young football players. They want to get better at their craft. And that goes beyond just what you do September, October, November. That's really 12 months out of the year. you got to work to be as good as – Gosh knows these Georgia high school kids are also good. You got to be working, you know, you know, around the clock to to keep up with them sometimes. And so, like you certainly do that with your own personal coaching for next generation wide receivers and pass catchers. Remind folks, Terrence, how they can get in touch with you. Uh, you can find me on all social media platforms at Terrence Edwards Wide Receiver Academy. Terrence, great stuff. Thanks for being with us. Can't wait for that uh, post game show coming up after that Clemson game. More thoughts from you then. Of course, we'll get a chance to check in with you before the game there as well. So appreciate your time and look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, B.A. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. By the way, speaking of high school football, looking forward to Friday night. It's back on Peachtree TV again, of course, streaming on CBS46.com for the, what they call the Great Atlanta Bash. You know, we last week we did the, the Corky Kell Classic, and we were you know, kind of all over the, really, the, the state of Georgia, certainly around the city of Atlanta, including Mercedes-Benz on Saturday for a big series of games. Kind of another version of that in town in Atlanta this weekend. The game that I'm calling is on Friday. There are also two games on Saturday there as well. I'm looking forward to my game on Friday, though. And, you know, it's amazing. This game actually got, had to be kind of scheduled kind of quickly here, you know, because of some some challenges and issues that are going on. But North Atlanta there at, you know, last week we were at City Park in Gainesville, which I think is one of the great stadiums for high school football in this uh, state. Of course, I'm, you know, uh, a, a Hall County resident, or I should say a native. I don't live in Hall County anymore. I'm a Hall County native. So I grew up going to City Park a whole bunch. And so it was fun to be there for a game last week. And it is just a beautiful venue for high school football. And I feel the same way about, uh, Henderson Stadium we're going to be at coming up this weekend right there kind of in the shadow of Piedmont Park just a unbelievably cool venue a great great uh, spot for high school football and a really good game we're going to have between North Atlanta and Thurrell on Friday night and there are two more games on Saturday but I've got North Atlanta versus Thurrell on Friday having a chance to be with both these coaches this week just guys who are just rolling up their sleeves and doing great work building programs contributing to the high school football community in our state and around the city of Atlanta. So it's all brought to you by Score Atlanta. Score Atlanta is obviously, and you trust them for high school football news now for a great number of years. And they also help put these TV broadcasts on. Watch it Friday and Saturday on Petri TV. Stream it on CBS46.com. It's going to be a ton of fun. All right, let's move into our SEC through here for a moment. And y'all know that we don't 
get into like controversial topics around here. This is the break from that. And I'm very committed to that. You know, you're going to see Herschel Walker run for U.S. Senate. You know, we'll talk about Herschel as a football player. If Herschel's ever an elected official and he wants to come on the show and basically, you know, do some uh, official government business, we'll obviously give him a platform to do that. We've done that for elected officials before. But in terms of talking about about the politics part of it, we're just not going to do that. Whether you're for it, against it, whatever else, we're just not. We want Dog Nation to be a a place where everybody feels comfortable. And so other kind of controversial topics, you know, we just kind of steer clear from there as well. They're important to follow. It's important to, you know, form opinions. But the platform to express those opinions just somewhere else. So controversial topics for the most part we stay away from. Every now and then they do kind of really bleed in the direction of football where you at least have to acknowledge what's going on. And there's been something going on for a couple of days we haven't really talked about very much, but in terms of how it potentially affects football, I think you got to pay attention to this. Some of you are aware of the fact that Auburn coach Brian Harson has tested positive for the the COVID-19. He's tested positive and when pressed by reporters on the Auburn program, has not said yet whether he's vaccinated. Won't say about that. The Auburn vaccination rate has been a little lower, a good bit lower than a lot of the other SEC teams. Georgia's well above 90%. Uh, you got some teams in the SEC that are getting close to 100%. And Auburn is much, much lower on their vaccination rate. And Harson himself won't say if he's vaccinated or not. Different people feel different ways about that. Uh, you know, frankly, as I said before, you know, the place for opinions on that probably somewhere else. But what's interesting, though, is to think about this solely from a football standpoint for right now, that here's a guy in Harson who's trying to get his program started, who's, you know, uh, you know, trying to become a figure in that state. And I've said this before that think about Gus Malzahn for a moment, that Malzahn is kind of a joke to a lot of Georgia fans because Georgia beat Malzahn so much. But the truth is, is Gus Malzahn had way more success against Alabama than he had against Georgia. And that's obviously a huge measuring stick for Auburn, how you do against your in-state rival. And for as much success as Alabama's had winning national championships, over the tenure that Gus Malzahn was at Auburn from 2013 through 2020, he actually beat him head-to-head three times. Beat him in 13, beat him in 17, beat him in 19. Like, that's a lot to live up to if you're Brian Harson. Plus, you come down here from Boise, nobody knows who you are. You kind of have that outsider, you know, with to you a little bit of well is this guy from idaho is he going to work down here in the sec and listen that's a popular narrative and sometimes ends up being true sometimes the outsider type guy really doesn't know how to fit into the sec culture some of the things that harson said about alabama or said about recruiting is frankly just weird that you know it doesn't seem like he quite gets the edge you have to have as of yeah um and then you know you start looking at you know some of the stuff that uh, the Malzahn did. That's that becomes a lot for a guy like Harson to to potentially live up to, just to try to you know succeed. And all of a sudden now you get this other thing that people are kind of holding over him right now, saying, "Well, are you sure you can even run a program if you're having these kinds of issues before the season even begins?" So keep your eye on what the response to Brian Harson is. No matter how you may, may feel about some of the things that are going on with him, keep your eye on how he is fitting in there at Auburn. I would say thus far it's been a pretty slow start, and he has had his share of naysayers in the early going here. Uh, uh, Lebius LT Overton, one of the top players in the 2023 class, has put out a top 12 here. Georgia makes the cut here. We'll show you the, the graphic on the screen. This is a little bit like one of those like Joe Lenardi on the bubble things for like the NCAA tournament. There are a lot of schools on here, Ohio State, USC, Oklahoma, Florida right there next to UGA, Bama, Clemson, LSU, Kentucky, Texas A&M, Tennessee and North Carolina, but Overton's a guy we've talked about a good bit before and a guy that we will be talking about a lot in the time to come. A couple other stories to get to here for a moment. 
I've seen that it's reported that in the 2024 season, LSU and USC are going to open up that season there at the the Las Vegas Raiders Stadium in Las Vegas. Now, some people hear this story and they say, well, hold on, what happened to this alliance thing? I thought the, <laughs> I thought the whole alliance schedule was supposed to be something to battle against the SEC and these leagues were going to schedule games against each other. And lo and behold, you got a game uh, just announced between USC and LSU. And I guess I think that's kind of interesting there too. Kind of shows you the murky picture that kind of surrounds the alliance right now but the other thing that's kind of interesting about this is and this is going to be relevant for Georgia in the future years that Darnell Washington's from Las Vegas by the way that Las Vegas is trying to be a major player on the college sports scene and the new Pac-12 commissioner George Klavikoff is that his name I may be saying that wrong but you know he kind of comes from that Las Vegas world he was a big wig at one of the you know the big you know casino outfits there in Las Vegas and so that's deepening Vegas's ties to college sports but but they've also said the the Raiders stadium there's nice state-of-the-art thing it looks like a something Star Wars I mean it's a crazy looking stadium but they want to do the season opening neutral site non-conference game the way that Dallas does it the way that you know Charlotte's doing it right now for Georgia Clemson Atlanta's been huge with this with the Chick-fil-a stuff for a number of years Las Vegas wants to do this there as well and they want to do it with SEC teams against Pac-12 teams and like what they've said is like when you see the Pac-12 team travel across the country and they lose these kinds of games opening season remember uh, Oregon lost in Texas to Auburn a couple of years ago and you've seen some of these where the Pac-12 team loses the week one week two game what they're saying is hey we ought to get a chance to play some of these neutral site games in the Pacific time zone and see if that's an advantage for the Pac-12 that's probably a bunch of bunk that's probably not true but for Georgia who seems to like to travel and wants to be in the biggest games it can be in and grow national brands and things like that I would say in the very near future much like LSU and boy can you imagine LSU fans in Las Vegas for a moment my gosh uh, what's that going to be like but beyond that uh, for Georgia fans who've been used to seeing their program schedule the biggest games and the biggest venues huge attention seeking that out as much as possible I would say in the very near future the idea that Georgia starts a season in Las Vegas Dog fans taking a road or road trip or air travel, whatever you're going to do to get there. Spending some time in Las Vegas. We talked about the way that George fans once took over Chicago. Can you imagine being at Binion's or Golden Nugget or one of these old school Vegas casinos like late on a Friday night, early Saturday morning with a game that next day in the uh, great looking, beautiful Raiders Stadium? That is a lot to think about. And that is something that could be very much on the way for a Georgia fans there pretty soon. Squeeze in one more SEC through story, by the way, there as well. So yesterday, Commissioner Greg Sankey made an appearance on the Jacksonville Sports Radio Station uh, uh, 1010XL. He talked about some of the things related to the the alliance and some of the things kind of basically the SEC's response to all that. And I guess the biggest news to come from it was, first of all, he pushed back on the notion that all of this is like a orchestration by ESPN to – kind of take over Monopoly with the college football playoff and leverage the relationship that ESPN has with the SEC to do that. He kind of pushed back on that. But he also made it pretty clear that they're looking at a scheduling model moving forward that sees more SEC teams playing the rest of the league more frequently, cycling through other stadiums more frequently. So the idea of like the Florida LSU game or the Alabama-Tennessee game or possibly even the Georgia-Auburn game in future years, that may be less important to the SEC than getting Georgia to College Station more frequently or something, you know, kind of like that. You know, Georgia still hasn't played in College Station and I think not slated to for 
few more years. A&M's only been to Athens once. But they want to change those long drafts between games in the future. So if you think about what the future of SEC scheduling is going to look like, that is certainly an idea of what that's going to be. We'll make that your SEC through. And here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Thar. So kind of a scary moment yesterday for Georgia defensive back David Daniel. You can read about this at uh, dognation.com. Mike Griffith writes about it. Uh, was and It's one of those things, like you hate to say it because – it sounds, I guess, worse than it was, but he was uh, struck by a car. Come to find out, I think he's okay. But uh, one of those things that when you first – I heard some rumblings about this over the course of the, the two days prior, and, you know, you're, you're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on there? So, uh, you know, that went down. Mike has written about this there at dognation.com. You know, I'm just happy – you know, I'm just happy that that things are, are that he's okay. I'm I'm happy that that everything is fine here because that's one of those things that man could have been uh, certainly really scary. Uh, and so, thankfully, that is not the case. At least it doesn't sound like when it comes to David Daniel. So, so good news there on a situation that could be uh, just could have been awful, right? We got to you know pay attention. You know, you know, make sure that we're uh, you know always aware of what's around us, whatever. So. You know, I guess happy news here that it's not what it could have been there with David Daniel headline or the just the overall description of it makes it sound awful. But come to find out, maybe it's not quite that way. So read more about that at DogNation.com and happy to hear that David Daniel is okay after what sounded like the potential for a pretty scary incident. Now, awkward segue from that into something that's a lot more hopefully uh, enjoyable and entertaining. I continue to be a big believer that Sam Pittman is Arkansas coach, the former Georgia offensive line coach. The personality that he brings to the table in the uh, SEC is just a ton of fun. And, you know, listen, for a lot of these coaches who are like, you know, really convinced that super serious and never showing any personality is the way to go, acting like a robot, someone who like eats, sleeps and drinks football and and, and no concept of just kind of relaxing and being a, re- a regular dude for a moment. Man, Sam Pittman makes those guys look like stiffs and squares by comparison. So let me show you this on the screen here. There was a viral photo that, that came out of Pittman recently where like he's playing for Pittsburgh State. And I think this is their spring game, and he's got like the igloo cooler underneath him, and he's got the silver can next to him that very much – look at the spot shadow arrow there, very nicely done, uh, that obviously has a strong resemblance to, a, to an alcoholic beverage, which is not the thing you typically expect to see on the sideline. Well, Arkansas coach Sam Pittman made an appearance with Marty McGee on the SEC Network, and a breakdown of this viral photo ensued. I got to tell you, man, Pittman's a funny dude. I really like him. Take a listen to this from the SEC Network. You were sitting on the bench, and and it wasn't until right. I've been looking at this picture for two hours. All of a sudden, I go, I was like, is that a Coors Light? There's a, there's a cold silver bullet sitting right by your foot. So that was spring game, and I had had ACL surgery, but. I wanted to get out there a play or two, so I just told the left tackle, I said, hey, don't block me. You know, I ain't going to make the play, but I want to just come out here for it. And then after I got done, I said I'd brought the igloo yeah. and some silver bullets. And I told the fellas, I said, hey, I'm just going to sit over here and drink some beer, and you're more than welcome to come over and do it with me. <laughs> I mean, I think George was lucky to have him for as long as they did. Uh, it's easy to understand why Pittman's such a good recruiter. What a great personality, and – 
you know, whether it be, you know, Pittman or some of the other guys that kind of have that same vibe, don't you want college football to be more like that, more interesting personalities as head coaches, guys who seem to have a good time, enjoy their position in football? I, I think Pittman's a good dude there. That's really good stuff to be able to see. Hey, let me remind you of this. As we're heading towards the upcoming season, of course, with all the sporting events going on right now, baseball down the stretch, MMA, everything else, don't forget about my friends at BetUS. It's America's most favorite favorite sports book. They've been doing this for more than 25 years, and you can't stick around as long as BetUS has been able to stick around if you're not taking really good care of your players. Number, you know, number one sports book in the industry when it comes to the incentives and just making the players to play. They're glad they do. In fact, for a Dog Nation folks here there as well, they got a big sign-up bonus for you there as well. If you go to BetUS.com, that's obviously B-E-T-U-S.com, BetUS.com, use the promo code DN125, the DN of course, stands for Dog Nation. BetUS.com, DN125. You're going to get 125% sign-up bonus. That means you start in your account with more money than you began with before you even place your first bet. You're literally already a winner. Simple math here. If you put in $100, they're going to give you an extra $125 on top of that just for signing up with them. But you've got to use the promo code DN125 to take advantage of that. BetUS.com, promo code DN125. Get yourself 125% sign-up bonus with BetUS. Promo code, once again, DN125. So a lot of talk about Georgia Clemson today's show, and I'm going to give out our Gatorade roll call and our Golden Shoe winner today for something I saw on Twitter from our old friend Bassin Dog. For some reason, this got me really excited about the uh, about the season that's on its way because listen, when you are in like the you know long off season, you know some people for sometimes can make it makes the seasons feel like it's kind of a long way away. Well, if you're looking for some evidence that's not quite so long away anymore. We are now within the window that our buddy Bassendog, who's at Bassendog on Twitter, says that you can now record the uh, the Georgia Clemson game on your DVR. He says, "Well, I just set the DVR to record Georgia Clemson. Let's go." So if you're if you're really looking for some evidence that we're here, that game week is almost upon us, you can check your cable or satellite provider and go ahead and get that DVR set for Georgia Clemson. We've gone inside the window for that. That's good stuff there. How about a Gator Hater countdown 65 days from now? We'll see you tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. And of the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down. Uh, we'll take your comments on both Twitter at Dog Nation Daily in the comment section at dognation.com. And uh, I want to address one issue. Brinkman MS points this out in our comment section at dognation.com that most of you listen to the podcast on a podcast player, but a lot of you like to listen to the show through dognation.com. And I've told you this before. I'm platform agnostic. I want people to listen to it however they're comfortable listening to it. It's why we post the show each and every day because we want people to be, able to be able to find it while they're there at dognation.com. But what Brinkman says is, and I have noticed this, that one of the ads at the bottom has kind of been obscuring the podcast player. Now, my podcast still plays. Hold on one second. Hold on. Yeah, so I was checking to make sure mine still plays. So mine still plays even with that, but it's obviously kind of a mess. And it's covering up the podcast player for those of you that check that out online at dognation.com. So I'm going to work, try to get that fixed. Now, I don't know how to do anything, uh, but I'm going to try to get somebody else to fix it for me. So if you've had an issue with that, trying to listen to the show at dognation.com, we're going to try to get that fixed for you. Also, Georgia Fan 1969 on the subject of Lane Kiffin from early, earlier this week about you know Kiffin kind of giving Kirby a hard time on Twitter and Kirby laughing about that with the SEC Network. 
Georgia fan 1969 says to me it's just words and words can only hurt or bother you if you let it growing up when Steve Spurrier was at Florida he would get on my last nerve but now I laugh about it his game started well before Saturday he loved to get on teams nerves and that was about the uh you know it was part of his game plan I think that Spurrier was just authentically pretty good at that I think that Kiffin at Ole Miss is kind of a version of that too and I think you're right it's not really meant to be something that's supposed to bother you it's not really an intentional troll job I think one of the difference between like say Kiffin and Spurrier though is and and Spurrier obviously did what he did in kind of the pre-social media age but and really in most cases even pre-internet age but in the case of Kiffin, I've always said that his personality is so much bigger on social media than it actually is in real life that that in person he doesn't doesn't strike quite the same degree of of uh, persona that he seems to do it kind of online. So, you know, you're in Ole Miss now, and you're moving into a year where Ole Miss was ranked in the coaches' poll, and they're legitimate expectations. They're you know some folks think they could have an eight or a nine win season this is that's a possibility in the minds of some when it comes to Ole Miss and you kind of wonder and I totally agree the, the Kevin stuff doesn't really bother me but I am curious about it you know can you still be the same hot shot on Twitter you know shooting off jokes and sharing memes if what was supposed to be an eight and four season turns into a five and seven season can you still be that guy and I've told y'all before that I don't quite think Ole Miss is as set up this year as other folks seem to. Now, listen, I've been wrong before. Maybe I'll end up being wrong about this. But if Ole Miss has the kind of season that I think the Rebels are capable of having, which is not as good as much of the national media seems to think they're in store for, then you kind of wonder, is this the last year we have to think about, you know, Lane Kiffin and his clever tweets? Clever tweets don't quite hit the same way when – you're not winning football games in the field. And it's one thing to be at a place like Florida Atlantic where no one really expects you to win. But in the SEC, when you're back here being that kind of coach again, you know, ultimately you're judged the same way everybody else is. No matter how clever you are on social media, and in this case, Kirby Smart, I think legitimately thought it was funny, you know, no matter how, how clever you may come across on social media, Ultimately, your own fans are going to judge you by how you win games. They didn't hire you to be a clown. They didn't hire you to be a jester. They hired you to actually be a a leader of men and, and win games as a football coach. And that part of this remains to be seen for Lane Kevin. He's a terrific play caller, but is he a terrific head coach? I think the jury is still very much out on that. If you want more of that topic, you can go back to Monday's show. We had some interesting comments related to that then. For now, we're going to wrap up our R.S. Andrews podcast cool down. Y'all check out R.S. Andrews online at rsandrews.com and they'll get your air conditioning unit tuned back up to factory fresh specs and it only costs 99 dollars. so check them out today rsandrews.com we'll see you back here tomorrow for dog nation daily presented by merriweather and tharp thank you so much for your great support of our podcast it means the world to me and we're really excited about the upcoming season of the podcast it's going to be a lot of fun so we will talk to all of you back here again tomorrow have a great day everybody